Hello, uh, everybody. Uh, uh, welcome to episode 35. I can't believe we've done 35 of these. Um, uh, episode 35 of Get the Flick Out of Here. Um, I'm your host, Alex Hawaski. With me, as always, is Kate Elizabeth. Kate, last week, yes, we reviewed a, we reviewed a movie uh, entitled Runaway, uh, starring, co-starring Gene Simmons. Uh, the most I would I would I would argue and certainly I, I think I'd be right. The most famous member of the of the rock group Kiss. Oh, Gene Simmons, incomparably, um, yeah, yes. And so, um, is it is acting in it? Um, as like well. a, a regular? I mean, yeah, a- acting is debatable. But he was playing a human being. I think that's. I'm not, I don't know how well he was playing one, he but he was, was playing a human being cast in the movie. We can yes. definitely say that. Yes, that is inarguable. And uh, I said on in in the thing, I I don't know. I'm assuming it's his acting debut. Now, what I meant was, in a movie in which he doesn't play himself, right? Um, and uh, but Chris Bordine of Music and Moonsaults, uh, very um, all credit to Chris Bordine. Um, God, God bless you for mm-hmm. this. God um, bless who, who who tweeted at me and says actually, uh, Gene Simmons' acting debut was in the uh, made-for-TV movie "Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park," and he editorializes, which has to be seen to be believed. And I don't know, we were we were kicking around a couple of different ideas to do things this week, and I said everything else is canceled. We're doing this instead. Yes, you did. But I was I was actually joking because I was like, there's no way this is available. There's no way this is anywhere to stream. And it turns out it's not, not really. Um, it is um, let's say with 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 a um uh questionable legality, it is uploaded uploaded to the to the, to the, to, the, to the service Vimeo, and you can watch the whole thing for free. Um, and I would say to anybody who just wants to to watch something completely bonkers for an hour and 24 minutes, you should go ahead and do Boy, that. do we have the film for you. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. This is, this is, this movie's bonkers. I, I listen, I, I, I'm, I, I even, even, Kiss is too old even for me, okay? So, like, I, I was not, um, uh, cognizant during during their run at the beginning, I I, I know from many years later that how, what a phenomenon they were in the seventies. Uh, then they went into their we took off the makeup phase in the eighties, um, which you know, arguable choice. Uh, maybe maybe not the maybe not the best choice. But then they got back together and toured again in the nineties, and that's I think where I got when I was like, what the hell is this? And I recognize like oh so a bunch of songs that i know because they play on my dad's classic radio state classic um rock radio station or were kiss i just didn't put two and two together and i was like oh party uh um uh, rock and roll all night and party every day like that's a great song i had no idea that was the crazy makeup guys i didn't know that was who that was um so i i went into this having a, a, a basic knowledge of, you know, uh, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, Peter Chris, 
the four guys in the band. If you showed me a picture of the makeup, I would say that's Paul, that's Ace, that's Peter, that's Gene. I knew who each guy was, and I knew some of their songs, um, but I I did not recognize uh, what a phenomenon they were, nor how silly that phenomenon apparently was. Kiss is an interesting one because um, their makeup stuff, those first few albums, the self-titled Hotter Than Hell, Dressed to Kill, like, um, basically up through Dynasty, I actually, like, I feel like people, because they are such a marketing phenomenon as much as a music phenomenon, which is kind of where this movie came into play, people think of them as, like, ah, that, like, corny 80s rock, but they had some, like, real, real good albums, like, um, rooted in kind of this, like, fun twist on, there was, like, this 50s thing in their earlier stuff, and, like, great music and then um i am firmly sorry to to chris jericho i know he appreciates both eras i am firmly firmly uh face paint and earlier kiss i would say but um a lot of their commercial success came after that probably on the back of this movie i would say this is probably what launched them oh yeah for stardom yeah and no absolutely it's so funny because this movie like, to know that they had a manager that was, like, kiss the movie, man. Like, they made so much money in so many other ways. And this is so... Like you said, it's bonkers. And I still can't tell. I can't tell you after having watched it. And watched it... I watched an interview with uh, with G2. Um, I don't know if... There's a part of me that felt like in the movie they knew that they were creating a bonkers movie, and there's parts of it where it doesn't. But I can tell you in the interview I watched with them, they're very aware that it was not good. Um, and they find it funny that fans like look back on it with it being a big deal. And he was they put it in their like kiss kiss anthology collection. Um, because he was like, Now you can go back and watch it for what it is, which is which is bad. It was not grand or wonderful. And notably at the time, um, the band was not talking to each other. There were times where some of them would leave set in the middle of shooting and their stunt doubles would play their roles, which we'll get into in this movie and the important roles that their stunt doubles played. Um, and none of the, they've said, we didn't know what acting was. We weren't really interested in a script and the script that was there, they didn't really bother to memorize. So that is, that's a good groundwork, I think, for what we get into. Because when you watch it, you could have come to all of those conclusions without getting confirmation from the band, I would say. I think that's a fair a fair call. Yes. Um, it is odd the way that they, they... Kiss meets the phantom, singular, of the park is such a weird... Google Translate to Google Translate to Google Translate version of what this is. You know what I mean? Like, we translated it from Japanese to German uh, to, to Portuguese and to American, and you get Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. And that's, like, Phantoms, maybe. Apparently, also, when it was released in, this was a made-for-TV movie for NBC, 1978, 
in the States. It was released in theaters in Europe as Attack of the Phantoms. Um, which I guess is a little bit better, but it has nothing to do with Kiss in that particular title, which I feel like has to be a selling point. Has to be the sole selling point. What was so funny was they... I don't know how to adequately describe how it's been described to me, because we weren't around for the phenomenon that Kiss was, but like the the way they were disruptive into the mainstream was unprecedented, and it blows my mind that this movie looks like it was a home movie. Yeah. Considering like what a box office draw they could have and probably would have been, um, the the lack of any it it's it looks like it was filmed on a home camera. Like it is right. it doesn't look good. The no. the sound. I was like, you have you have mastering engineers that you worked with. The sound like goes so loud and quiet and whatever. Like I was mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. you record I mean, albums. A, a, you could have had a lot of that movie. is the fact that it is a made for TV movie in the late seventies. And That's most fair. of the budget went to cocaine. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So as evidenced um, by the quote unquote plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We use it loosely. Um, okay. So, we are at a park. We only find out that it is Magic Mountain, the very famous uh, amusement park, Magic Mountain, because at one point, uh, some of the main characters are riding around on a monorail that says Magic Mountain on the side. And they didn't really like, they, they could have said, This is Magic Mountain, come here. But they kind of slyly did a little bit of product placement by having Magic Mountain. They could have, like, stenciled over it or something if they didn't want it to be but if you're if you're saying this is magic mountain come to magic mountain then do it more and if you don't want anybody to know this is magic mountain for reasons then do it less i would say not at all but anyway um this is where we are and the part the park's owner calvin uh, I don't know if we would know his last name, or even if Calvin is his last name. Um, there, there's Kiss. Kiss will be in concert at the park three nights, starting tonight. And by the way, they say that it's going to be at the outdoor arena. Mm. Like you have Magic Mountain slightly put in there, just the outdoor arena feels like the out. The outdoor arena also is the parking lot. That's where the outdoor arena is. They build a stage on the parking lot, and that's what the outdoor arena is. So we're not going to get into technicalities, I guess. Um, anyway, um, the, the park is overrun by teenagers, the as they call them, the KISS army, um, who are there to see KISS. Those um, darn kids. At one point, one of the rides malfunctions... Uh, it has to be like an emergency stopped, and Calvin is like, mm, "I don't like this." Um, uh, but we we the first thing we ever see is Sam and Melissa in the front car of the ro- roller coaster, just having a blast, like two young people would. Um, and then the opening credits are Kiss playing rock and roll all night and party every day, um, and they're doing it superimposed over the park like they're giants. Uh, Peter Chris is playing the drums on the roller coaster, like the roller coaster is his drum set, but it's all really lazily superimposed on everything. Um, that is not the only time part rock and roll all night and party every day will be played during this movie. You got to play it twice. Got to play the hits. Um, of course. 
Yeah. So anyway, the major thing that's going on right now is that um, uh, I believe Dr. Abner Devereaux, which is of an incredibly preposterous name and marks to the people who decided to, to uh, top marks to people who were like Abner Devereaux. We put, we picked out two names out of, out of hat, last name, last name, first name, Abner Devereaux could not have done better. Um, and he is, he's the guy who designed the part. He created all the, the attractions and he's been uh, coming up with like a, uh, uh, a line of like automaton Android, type things that will be around the park doing stuff and everybody stops and watches these like like if the hall of presidents could get up and move throughout disneyland like that's what this guy has done and um he wants more money for research and development to 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 his he's i'm so close to a breakthrough by the way i should mention that um abner Devereaux is played by anthony zerby um who you may not know his name, um, but um, I only know it because uh, in the 90s, he was in a bunch of movies. And whenever he would be in the movie, my dad would go, hey, Anthony Zerby. I don't know why my dad like would always recognize Anthony Zerby, but he always did. And so it, it stuck in my mind. Anthony so, Zerby's stand account. I love I it. Don't, I guess. Um, he just recognized him. Didn't say like, oh, he's great. But I looked it up because I was like, why does my dad know this, this guy is? He won an, uh, an Emmy in 1976 for Best Supporting uh, Actor in a TV uh, series. Um, yeah. And two years later, he was in this. So I don't know like, if the Emmy like, shot him off to superstardom. Um, but an Emmy-winning actor playing Abner Devereaux, uh, he is chewing through all of the scenery. Even scenery that's in scenes he's not in. He's chewing through all of it. Um, was like, I must have my research and development funds so I can perfect my project. He's actually grabbing uh, Calvin by the lapels. Like, they started the park together. Um, Calvin was the money man. Professor Devereaux, Dr. Devereaux was Abner, was the, was the, uh, was, was the guy, the brains behind the whole thing. But uh, I was like, we're losing money. We have been for years. This KISS concert is the thing that's going to hopefully turn all that around. But yes, but you spent all this money getting Kiss here, building the stage and everything. But why are my research and development funds? Um, it's oh, it's no use arguing science with a bookkeeper. Um, and uh, so, um, so they they they're at an impasse, and Abner walks away from this argument, um, and he comes across <laughs> three hoodlums. Like it's just they're just the hoodlums, and uh, um, there's is two two male hoodlums and one female hoodlum. Listen, female hoodlum has a name in the credits. It's never spoken during the movie. She makes sure over and over again to let us know the names of her compatriots, but nobody ever says who who she is. Uh, would you like to know what her name is in the credits? I would love to know. Dirty D. Uh, her compatriots are Chopper and Slime. He said, hey, man, Chopper and Slime don't hurt nobody unless they want to, she says. She's the voice of the group. Um, she she always, she's, she's also a major advocate for both Chopper and Slime. Chopper is her boyfriend. I don't know what the hell uh, Slime is up to. But they're, they're, they're hoodlums, so they're vandalizing or threatening to vandalize things at the park. And Abner is like, oh, please, please leave my animatronic gorilla alone. 
Um, it took $30,000 and a year to perfect it. Please. Um, and, uh, and they're like, all perfect purposes, them. Please. Yeah. Hey, for this, hey, for a gorilla hey, who just. Hey, do you and Magilla Gorilla have a little thing going? Um, so uh, for uh, just for the sake of brevity and familiarity, um, I, I believe that uh, Dr. Abner Devereaux will be played by my version of William Regal for the rest Beautiful. of this uh, review. And also uh, Chopper and Slime will both be uh, Tony D'Angelo. We'll be doing the voice of both of these guys, even though that's not really how they sound. Uh, it is very, but it is very over the top how they made these three be like completely from a different movie entirely. Um, yeah. Also, I believe they're supposed to be like the same age as the Kiss fans, but but Chopper has a majorly receding hairline. And I looked it up. The actor was only 28 when he played it. And I was like, oh, that's yikes. I mean, I, that's right. like, I listen, I, I know what that's about. I was losing my hair in my 20s. It was a terrible time. But nobody asked me to play an 18-year-old uh, hoodlum. So there you there go. You go. He says, uh, uh, but, well, perhaps to show you there's no hard feelings, perhaps you would like two, uh, you know, three free passes to our Chamber of Horrors. Um, and, uh, hey, Chamber of Horrors, like really scary stuff, hey, man? That's so lame. Hey, isn't it lame, Chopper? Hey, slime, it's really lame, but let's go anyway. Um, uh, this is all after we find uh, Sam, who works for Professor Devereaux. Dr. Devereaux, uh, has like, I should probably go check and see what's going on at work. You know, I'll, I'll be back in an hour. Uh, Melissa, you meet me at the snack bar in an hour. Um, we see, uh, later Sam in the laboratory walking around, looking over his shoulder. Like he thinks someone's watching him snooping. Like he's literally feeling the walls for a hidden switch to open a door that like slides up like it's in Star Trek or something. And then it does, and he looks over his shoulder again, and he gets in the door, and the door closes. And we hear a whooshing sound, and the door opens again, and he's gone. And they never explain what he's looking for, why he this is he works there. This is what this is his job. He's supposed to be there. He works in that laboratory, but he's in there like he's snooping around looking for something he's gonna steal. And no one ever explains his behavior or why that happened. Anyway, um, uh, so <clears throat> this is where I think we uh, get to see Chopper and Slime and uh, female delinquent. I mean, Dirty D. Uh, it's like the most vocal in the group. The fact <laughs> oh, that she, she really doesn't is. have a name is so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, she has a name. Her name in the script is Dirty D, but no sure. Chopper or Slime don't refer to it her by it. Um, so they're walking through the Chamber of Horrors, and it's like, hey, man, this is kid stuff. Oh, imagine being scared by this. Oh, he scared me. Like, it's just, it's it's really bad. Um, um, but they're all obviously, the animatronics are all obviously human beings acting like robots, you know? Yeah. Like yes, it was like, oh, were. 
as soon as they walk in the door, I'm like, oh, so all these three are going to be kidnapped and turned into robots too. Cool. Uh, like it becomes like this thing, like if you had made the animatronics like actual animatronics, you don't have the budget for that. But if you had made them like actual animatronics, I may- maybe wouldn't have seen through your little ruse so fast. Yeah. Devereaux. Um, uh, so yeah, literally, um, uh, Chopper is scared by Dracula sitting up very fast out of his coffin. And um and go yeah and, and it's then... like Dracula Frankenstein like it's all mm-hmm. the cast of characters that you would expect the Wolfman literally standing in a corner going eh. Eh. ah eh. that's all he's doing um and then um he gets scared and Slime and Dirty D make fun of him and they walk away and he says eh, kid stuff and then falls through a trap door immediately. Slime and Dirty D just keep walking, and they go into another room, uh, and it's also scary. And they're like, "Hey, let's we should we should probably go. This is weird. Hey, let's get out of here." Um, and so they go back in the first room looking for Chopper, but they can't find him. Uh, Slime is taken prisoner by a mummy through a sarcophagus. The sarcophagus open. There's a mummy. Mummy grabs him, pulls him into the sarcophagus. Sarcophagus closes. Dirty D. Um, uh, comes into the room second, goes right to the sarcophagus, sarcophagus opens, mummy's there, no no slime, sarcophagus closes, and then she just walks around for another minute and a half being scared by things until uh, finally she is taken prisoner by, I forget. Like, but she's taken prisoner. It was like at this point in the movie that I was like, are we going to see Kiss? Because this no, was like no. a half hour well, into the movie. I was just About like, that, yeah. 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 Um, Melissa is uh, sitting at the snack bar. It's been an hour, been over an hour. She's missing Sam. Where's Sam? She's now ordered a second Coca-Cola. There's a little little paper cup right in front of her. And the waitress, there's a waitress at the snack bar, brings over another paper cup of Coca-Cola. And she pays for it with a couple of uh, quarters. And she's sitting there. She's been waiting so long she's had to drink two Coca-Colas. Um, and then there's this really weird thing where she looks over and there's a table of three uh, teenage boys. And they're like literally licking their chops, looking at her. And 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 she's like, she kind of like half smiles at them, and and they keep cutting back to the guys looking at her. And like, are, is this supposed to establish that she's pretty, and other boys want to be with her? Because like, we have eyes. She's pretty. So and I don't know like what this playing is. Playing like a song. Is it the song the, that has the name Melissa in it or something? Like no, it's very no. That's long... that's that's later. There's a very long. They're all. By the way, the soundtrack, of course, is all Kiss stuff. Yes. Uh, and and uh, there are a couple of ballads I didn't even realize that they wrote that are in this. Um, and but anyway, something is playing over it. Like love, love is love, love terrible love. It's a very it's a, yeah, love. It, so there's a lot of that. Love, love, so love. much love. So much love, three guys worth of love watching you. Like it, it, it is. It does feel very much like when she gets up and leaves, like she has escaped some kind of multiple sexual assault in the snack bar. Like it really feels like the way that she gets up and leaves the three guys over there. That that's what she does. But she goes and she talks to. Yeah, there's a there's a kiss makeup uh, competition. Where all the all these kids put on kiss makeup, and the first little boy they show is wearing like Gene Simmons makeup, a little black boy. He could not have been more sad when they show him that close up. He's like, I don't want to wear this; it's itchy, and I don't like it. Like he does not; he's not happy about it. 
I believe yeah. that is the only person of color in the film is this little black boy who's painted white. So that right there should tell you of the race relations of the film. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I just thought it was very funny. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and he's like so sad. It was like he's very very sad. He does not want to be there. Um, they uh, they um, she goes and talks to the security guards. One of the security guards is played by all-time, hey, it's that guy actor, Brian James, who's in Fifth Element and 48 Hours and um, Blade Runner. That guy went from this piece of crap to being a major character in Blade Runner and 48 Hours in the span of four and a half years. And good for you, Brian James. He was in a lot of movies through the 80s and 90s. An all-time, hey, you know that guy's going to play his part perfectly in this schlocky B-movie crap. Um, is Brian James, and so it he's is the, funny that he's like, he's like, oh, I know that guy, and his name is like also extremely generic white guy, like Brian. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it's kind of funny. Um, he uh, anyway, he's one of the security guards. The head security guard's like, well, we have thousands of employees here at the park. I'm like, the park's not that big. Maybe one of the reasons you're operating at like in the red all the time is that you've hired entirely too many people. Thousands. Here's what I would here's what I would do. Before I was like, let's let's bankrupt uh the fund that like puts new animatronics in the park and like pays for the rides to be safe. Maybe I would hire a few less people to work at the snack bar. Maybe if you want a Coca-Cola, go up to the window and get it, as opposed to hiring a waitress who has to you gotta you I mean, come on. Anyway. Thousands so, of people, Alex. Thousands. thousands. We have thousands of employees at the park, they said. Um, it's the biggest park known to man. And um, anyway, uh, like, but you have to know, he's he, he works for somebody named Abner. Abner. Oh, Abner Devereaux. Yeah, he, he works over there. He gives, that's his, his lab is uh, underneath the giant tower over there. And uh, she just walks into it. No, she, she walks over there, knocks on the door. Uh, and he has a camera system. Abner does. Uh, it's like uh, this is off limits. You may you may not come here. Um, There's like a and, really beautiful shot of a sign that says restricted area yes, too. It yes, lingers yeah. there for like twenty seconds. Too long. Pretty great. Um, anyway, so like, oh, um, I'm looking for Sam. Ah, yes, Sam, come in, my dear. Um, so he brings her down to the in the bottom of the uh, thing. Takes her down in the elevator. It's like you just descended 190 feet in 2.3 seconds. Um, uh, I tried to make it faster, but I didn't want to hurt you. Um, and so, uh, this is not at all how he talks, but he does have a really weird accent. I just like doing this voice because it's fun. Um, that is how he talks. You want to find out? <laughs> go watch the film. Yeah. All right. There you go. Our version That's of it. it. There you go. How he talks. <clears throat> um, so she says, where's Sam? I know he works here. He said he was coming here. Where is he? Uh, we got engaged and she's like, oh, he's like, oh, well, the Sam I know has a roving eye. He's always he's always bringing in all these uh, hussies and, into, this, into the lab. He's got a new girl in every port he does. He's not even a sailor, but um, like the way that like he she tries to throw her off the scent by saying that he's probably cheating on you. Go away. You're better off without him. He's like, um, that's not who Sam is. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but. Uh, so uh, he shows off his animatronics to her. He's very, very, uh, very happy about these androids. Is androids will be doing all of human beings' work in the next in the next few years. Um, there's a there's a there's a guy who's dressed like a 
the London Tower Guards, like the Beef Eaters, is I think is what they're called. I don't know why he's dressed up like that, but he's doing stuff. And there's a whole like there's a a disembodied head that goes, nah, nah, nah. and then there's um uh, a barbershop quartet, like a full barbershop quartet. One of the barbershop, one of the quartet is just a head. So it's like a, a, a three and a quarter tet. My big thing with this was like, if you have this technology, why is your first use case for it a British guard who their job is mostly to stand there and a barbershop yeah. quartet? I don't like know. Maybe, right. There's probably more useful scenarios yeah. for these I, things. I don't, Good and I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, she's like, this is this is really uh, impressive. And where's Sam? Uh, and he's like, well, I, I, I hope you'll find him. They keep looking for him. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry for going off the wrong foot. Here is a security pass. You may bring it with you wherever you go. And it will lead you into quarters of the park you may not be able to get into. Uh, there you are. Uh, security pass, of course, has a camera embedded in it because, of course, it does. Um, By the way, just like in general, I would say, ladies, if the answer is underground to anywhere that you're looking for someone, mm, mm. just like A, don't go alone, and B, consider right. going at all. Like if mm-hmm. if like at a at an amusement park, the answer is like I'm looking for someone, and the answer is underground. Just yes. pause on it, at least you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's um. So I've gone, I've gone this, uh, I've gone through this uh, a little out of order. Security pass isn't yet. The House of Horrors um, is uh, where where the three toodlums get uh, kidnapped is after um, Melissa comes to visit Abner. Um, I thought we were out of order, and here's why: when I saw the animatronic um, barbershop quartet, I wrote down the timestamp at sixteen fifty nine mm-hmm. because it's the greatest cinematic scene in history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. earlier, and then about I think like a half hour we mm-hmm. get in. Yeah. To the um dirty so <laughs> dirty D Chopper and Slime have been kidnapped. Um, he is um this is by, by the way this this is being watched and controlled via remote by Abner. He's taking great pleasure in in scaring and kidnapping these three hoodlums. And then we see the next scene, which is um. Abner coming out of his office to meet with Calvin again. It's like, I've been waiting for an hour. What's going on? It's like, I, I was doing something. Um, can't this wait? No, it can't wait. We got to do now. Um, so he takes him on a golf cart out of the, out of the, the um, park to the, to the stage, which again is a stage built in the parking lot. And, and, they, and they get out there on the golf cart. For and, the uh, biggest rock band in the world at, at this time had to have been, right? Mm-hmm, I mean... One of them. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Um, so, live, certainly live act. Like, they yeah. were very famous for their live stuff that they would do. So, like, the concerts were huge. Um, so, uh, he brings him out in the golf cart, and the church says, you're fired. You could have fired him at his office because he's got to go back in there and clean it out, right? He's got personal effects in there. Why you brought him out to the stage to like rub it in his nose? Like, listen, I know you wanted more money for your research development, but look at the size of the stage we built. You're fired. Like, it was a very odd thing to rub his nose in. Like, we chose this over you. Well, and we also saw like rides malfunctioning at the park. Yes. Yeah. So there was also that, like, the job he was there to do was to like maintain the park. Yeah. Um, and we see multiple malfunctions and he doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but 
uh, he he walks very forlornly through the under uh, like because Magic Mountain has that was those giant wooden roller coasters that you would never catch me on in a million years because the the that wood was 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 cut down during the Theodore Roosevelt administration like like those things are old um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, anyway, he's walking very forlornly through that, and there's like just a, a very a ballads of like, oh no, my life is over, and it's terrible the way I feel. Um, and uh, so he's very sad. Um, and then we finally get Kiss. Like he's been he's been fired up. Like, it's well, actually, be Calvin, like forty minutes into an yeah. hour and a half movie, we get to see Kiss. Calvin does let him down easy he's like listen you've been under a lot of stress obviously you you you, you've done enough for this park like thank you so much for everything you've done but really i think it'd be better for you if you just like took some time off and went traveling or whatever you need you've earned some time off from all of this you put in so many hours like i think this is good for you it's like don't you understand i there's nothing for me outside the grounds of this park like well that's your problem. Like, if That's you've gotten to you. be, like, 50 years old, you don't have a wife, kids, like, family, friends. A hobby. A, a hobby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Take up Canasta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kiss has their first night of the of the, the, the thing. They, they play um, one of my favorite songs of theirs, Shout It. Shout it, shout it out loud. I will, I've, I've always liked that song. Uh, but they play it, but they also uh, have superpowers. They fly into the uh, into the arena. They fly, shooting lasers out of their fists and eyes. Um, they, 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 like, disappear and reappear holding their instruments. And everyone's like, this is what KISS is. It is not treated as a stage show. It is treated as though KISS have superpowers um which which i'm like okay fine and then later you what you you find out no 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 the contention of this film is that kiss has superpowers correct like, that's the contention of this film uh that they are superpowered beings um during this f- performance we see sam oh by the way i forgot about this as soon as melissa leaves like a wall opens and Sam is sitting there, oh, yeah. rigid, like staring ahead, like nothing. It's like, ah, oh, she's very beautiful, Sam. Perhaps one day she'll join you in my menagerie. Like it's a really weird thing. Like, like he works. Did did was there a scene where he came down and um and was like, listen, um, Mr. Devereaux, thank you for your job, but I'm gonna, I have to quit. Because I'm going to go get married and we're going to go on a honeymoon and then we're going to move to where her parents live. And he's like, no, you can't quit. We're, we're so close to a breakthrough. You must stay and work for me. Um, like, was that a thing? Like, I don't understand why he even turned him into an android. Anyway, he did. So um, during this concert, we see uh, there's a, a an, at, an animatronic George Washington. I don't know. With a lazy eye. With eyes that go crossed and his tongue sticks out. Weird, weird angles. And he's like, his facial circuitry is, is malfunctioning. Fix it, Sam. And then Sam, who's also an animatronic thing, is fixing his thing. And then he walks over to Dirty D, Slime, and Chopper, who are dressed as colonial people. 
And um, it's like, now I've made you into real Americans. And or something like that, like good Americans or something like that. Um, earlier, he he mentions having like wanting to start an uh, Americans on Parade uh, attraction, and I guess this is what th- for that. But later in the movie, more animatronic people go out and do stuff like they they steal things, they kidnap other people. It's not these three though. Like you, you, you create, you introduced named characters. Well, two out of three of them are named in the film, but uh, Chopper, Slime, and Dirty D, and then you kidnap them, turn them into animatronic people. Those are then the characters you send out to do your dirty work because we're all we already know who they are. We recognize them. We get the implications of these people have had their minds controlled or whatever. You don't just send out other random automatons to do your work. We never, ever see Chopper, Slime, or Dirty D ever again. Like, ah, I've, I've turned you into real Americans now. And I will put you in a closet where you'll never be heard from again. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know yeah, why we did that. No consequence there at all. No. Um, there were multiple things in this where I'm like, did was it left on the cutting room floor? Like, what mm-hmm. happened? What mm-hmm. happened here? This mm-hmm. was one of them. Their arcs just kind of end here. Yeah. Um, now, his idea, Abner's idea, is that he will create animatronic versions of Kiss and that Kiss will go into concert and will incite a riot because all of the children who... Um, children, teenagers who watch Kiss will do whatever Kiss tells them to. This is this is not, a, not like this is what the bad guy thinks. This is a major contention of the film, that if Kiss told you to murder your family, you would do it. And it's like this is what the movie is saying, and it's, it's very odd, um, but that's, that's his whole plan. He's going to bring about Armageddon and destroy the entire park by having animatronic Kiss use subliminal messaging uh, through the song at the concert to make all of the concert goers go crazy. That's what he's, that's his master plan. Um, so in order to do that though, he needs photos of kiss from every angle. He says, so he sends Sam with a photo for the, like with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, a camera to blend in among the press and just take pictures of kiss. Kiss, by the way, has now come off the back of the stage and they're there to get pictures taken and answer press questions. And there's Sam doing the thing. Um, I also just feel like this is a little intense of you got fired from your job at an amusement park to now wanting to destroy. Mm -hmm. That's a a disproportionate response, I would say. Um, I want to destroy society through Kiss because I lost Mm -hmm. my job at the amusement park. Mm-hmm. feels like a big leap that doesn't quite feel justified here because mm-hmm. yeah. until this he's kind of like just a mad scientist but weird he's not like quite evil mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like yeah. i want to murder society yeah it's a, it's a tad bit of an overreaction it's a it's a jump it's a jump um so melissa is there and sees sam with the camera and runs in the security guard stopper 
And um, we, we hear, okay, so here's something else you need to know. They're, they don't, I mean, they don't really refer to, to, the, to themselves or each other by, the, by their names, even though we all know it's Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter. Um, they refer to them as their makeup designs. Um, Gene is a dragon, but they call him the demon. He's got these big dragon's wings is what this is what this is supposed to represent. Peter is the cat man because he's got little whiskers. Um, and uh, Paul is star child because he's got a big star in one of his eyes. And Ace is the spaceman or space ace occasionally. He's got lightning bolts on his eyes. And so we hear Gene say, star child. And then um, Paul does this. And his one of his eyes glows orange and sends out a big star out of his eye that stops the security guards from holding on to Melissa. And here, his eye keeps glowing as he walks up, because um, Sam, having been recognized, has like walked slowly out in, into the park. Like, oh, come on, they, they, says the security guards. There's so many press here. I mean, I'm sure she was just assuming it was a boyfriend, but it was somebody different. And Paul says, no. Sam is here. He's still in the park. I don't... I mean, I don't know how... It's got to be a choice to be like, we must do everything as deadpan as possible and like we are aliens from another world that don't know how to like interact with people. Occasionally they'll tell, they tell jokes to each other, but most of the time it's like, everything must be said like this. And if I'm Paul Sandley, I'll occasionally do this face. But like that's basically it. It was very and there's odd. the random um, cat growling. It's yes, so disruptive and weird. Yes, um, they they say um, but and then Gene Simmons goes <laughs> like if they play the the tiger growl sound effect that was absolutely recorded. From a tiger growling in 1948, and they've used for every movie yes. ever since. Um, and it's very odd, and everyone just like accepts, oh, well, Gene Simmons growled at me. So we should just stop what we're doing. Um, and, and I also just like this is the second week in a row we've had a movie where, like, okay, if I want to open my phone and I don't use the thumbprint thing, there's now mm-hmm. like the facial scan thing, right? They mm-hmm. sent Sam out to take pictures of Kiss from every angle. You couldn't even mm-hmm. think like I'm a mad scientist and I developed mm-hmm. a technology that would have some like facial recognition no, capture. Had, he or... literally had to bring the the camera back like, to the to the lab and then develop the pictures one by one in the dark room. Like, man, like um, it's it's like forty years later, man, and I have. I have facial recognition technology. You couldn't even think like nope. 30 years. Nope. Um, so this is where Beth goes back to Abner trying to find Sam. He says, he's not here. Keep looking for him. Here's a security pass. It'll help you get into blah, 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 blah. There's a camera in it. So Kiss has become her companions walking through the park looking for Sam. They stop and she sits and they uh, play a rendition of 
honestly, which I found out to, today, their biggest hit ever, Beth, the ballad. Um, was it really was their, their biggest? biggest? It reached the peak at number seven on the Billboard chart. They never had a, a bigger hit than that. Even that number surprises seven. me. Just that they I never had a, anything higher yeah. than seven. Wow. They they had albums that charted really high, but as far as a single, number seven was as far as they went, and was Beth. And I found out the the story about this because I was also because in this thing, Peter Chris, the drummer, does the vocals for Beth. Now, also, Beth was 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 all I always really liked that song when I was younger. And I remember a few years ago when I heard it, when I found out it was Kiss, I was like, "There's no fucking way. There's no way that that's by Kiss." Um, and, and Beth, uh, was, uh, was is sung by Peter Chris, um, in real life, not just in this movie. Um, and when they recorded it for the thing that went to number seven, it was just Peter Chris in the studio. Um, uh, Paul and, and Gene and Ace weren't even in the building. It was just him singing the song with, with some backing, uh, other, other musicians that they, they brought in, uh, studio musicians. That's it. Um, Peter was always like like the the black sheep of Kiss, like nobody else liked him. And I'm wondering if that's because their biggest hit was sung by the drummer with nobody else in the band playing on it. And and he was, let's face it, the least talented musician of the group. Um he's he's not he's not breaking new ground with his drumming. Um, but uh he wrote it when he was in a different band before he met them. And they were trying to find a, a B-side for Detroit Rock City. And this is what came out of it. He wrote it in a mocking tone about a different member of the band's wife who would always call and say, when are you coming home? When they were, re- when they were rehearsing. This is before they ever, like, they weren't famous. They were trying to rehearse so they could play in a bar that weekend. Um, and so they, he wrote it. To, to mock her. Her name was Becky, but everyone called her Beck. So it was originally Beck. Um, Beck, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Um, but it was a way he was actually making fun of his bandmate for like having a woman who would always call and ask where he was. Um, and then it turned into this very sincere, beautiful love ballad about a guy who wants to be home with his wife, but he has to do this because that's how he puts food on the table. And it's very interesting that the whole thing comes around to just Peter Chris wrote this years ago. We need a ballad. Hey, I got something. Let's figure out if this works. And it became their biggest hit ever. Anyway, so they're singing it. He's singing it to Melissa, who's just sitting there. And I was like, you could have just named her Beth. You could have named her Beth, and then the whole thing could have, but it made it might have made it some kind of sense. But anyway, um, uh, the whole thing stops because Sam has gone to steal the talisman. And when he, when he, my he favorite dialogue in the movie is right here. Destroys the um, the their hotel room to find the talisman. Um, and he he. Uh, he finds them, uh, opens it up, and there is a, 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 a weird light-up dragon, a tiger, which I guess is supposed to be a cat, 
uh, a lightning bolt and a star, and he reaches for them, and he gets shocked by it. And the thing, and the little little uh, chest it's in closes automatically. And then Paul, getting like a disturbance in the force, stops playing his guitar along with Beth. Um, and they all uh, um, go um, go back to the hotel room, and this is where we we found out about the talisman. Now, nobody told Melissa, the actress, how to say the word. So she's saying it, talisman. Every time she says the word talisman, she says talisman. And I'm like, I don't, it doesn't rhyme with a policeman. Uh, no, it would be so great. Like what? if, if just one member of Kiss had a comedic chop. Yeah. And, mm. and like, that was a thing of like when people say potato or whatever, mm-hmm. like if they were just like the talisman or what, you know what I mean? Just like yeah, every yeah. time she said it, they just yeah. give like a, yeah. mm-hmm. and like corrected her without correcting her. They did that over and over again. That would have been hilarious. Um, I've, oh, I've heard of your talisman, but I didn't know they were really, she says talisman. Um, and I believe like the, is the, Plural of talisman, talisman. Like I don't, I don't think that's what it is. But nobody ever says talismans. Talismai. Which I thought it. Ta, talismai. It's talismai. Of course, it's talismai. Silly of me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they each have one, right? Uh, but anyway, they described described her as like without without the talisman, um, uh, no no powers. We're just ordinary human beings. And then um, Gene walks over. He says with cat face paint on. Yeah, yeah. In the most, this is like the most high school project line delivery and filming ever. It's like camera shot on one of them, camera shot on another of them. We're just normal human beings. Yep. Without our talisman. Like, you're talking about the thing that gives you superpowers. Uh (laughs) We're just ordinary human beings. And then uh, Gene walks over because every time Gene has any lines, they change his voice with some kind of weird echo. So he walks over and he shuts the thing. He says, not quite ordinary. It's very odd the way that they change his voice. Um, it sounds anyway, like scripts. It it's does. Got, it does. It's those scripts vignettes. It's got a little bit of scripts in it. Um, so uh, this is... Uh, he says, um, oh, uh, uh, no, my friend, says um, says Professor Devereaux, because he's listening in through the through the little camera in her badge. Um, you'll, you'll find you all quite ordinary. Um, and then he comes over to a little, uh, like a little gurney in which is laying an android, Gene Simmons. Um, he pushes a button and it, it flexes its arm a little bit, pushes another button and it breathes fire. Um... And the way I can't even describe, you really do have to see it. Like mm-hmm. the tweet that set us up with this whole thing is right. When he goes to flex his arm, yeah, <laughs> laying on the table, it is so hilarious. It is so amazing. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it's bad. Um, but this is this is this is where it becomes like the this is where like I feel like Gene Simmons insisted. That this scene was in the film, because 
Gene Simmons playing the android Super Hulk version of himself busts through a brick wall and breathes fire. Um, and the security guards call for backup. And there's like six security guards. And he beats them all up. And then he smashes a snack stand for no reason. And, like it's it's really small. Honestly, and if he had taken one and a half steps to either the left or the right, he could have walked around it. But he smashes through it for no reason, and that's it. You like the the like you built a super incredible Hulk android version of Gene Simmons in his kiss makeup, and you sent him out of the lab to break through a wall. If this, he didn't know the security guards were there. They happened to be there. They called in for backup. He beat them all up, and then he walked through a, a, a soda stand that they that they have there, made out of styrofoam. What was again? I always say this: to what end? Were you sending him out to steal something, to break other things, to to, to, to like sabotage rides? What what was the point of because because there's never another appearance of of incredible hulk android gene simmons he's never he's never there again the 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 um the uh the 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 backing track i don't know what it was i really liked it i actually have to go out and find that particular track kiss did because i like it um but that over this the best part of this movie was the kiss songs yes um (laughs) i was like i forgot uh, how great old kiss was like these rule this is where i was like oh this movie's bonkers like you just set you sent out this incredible hulk android gene simmons to beat up a bunch of cops no that's it for no reason um <laughs> it makes so much sense that chris jericho is a kiss fan between yeah. the fireballs mm-hmm. you got gene simmons breathing fire you got the, like the, a uh, classic like wardlow setup of him just like yeah. squashing five security mm-hmm. guards it's good check. yes the um the next morning um uh, the, the cops are trying to find kiss because you know they weren't killed by him they got beaten up by him. It's like Gene Simmons beat us up. That's what they want to say. arrest him. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to try and find him. But Calvin doesn't want that to happen because they've got two more nights of, um, I believe, yeah, two more nights of um, of concerts, and they bring in two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a night. Like, can't emphasize enough. Probably the most popular touring music live act in the world. Doing a residency at an amusement park parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> so they find them hanging out by the pool dressed as druids. They're sitting in lifeguard chairs. They've got shrouds and hoods on. They're full in full makeup still, full costume, but they're wearing now like shrouds and hoods over themselves. They were and, like, this um, isn't weird enough. What can mm-hmm. we do? And they're like, "Hey, hey, guys, uh, have you seen Gene? We got a, we got a couple of questions to ask him." Um, and then Gene shows up, regular Gene, also dressed as a druid. I don't know if they like plan this out the night before. Like, hey, tomorrow let's go hang out by the pool wearing druid costumes. Sounds yeah. great. Um, anyway, so he come he comes in. He's like, <clears throat> basically all the time. He's jutting out his lower jaw and 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 slightly grunting. That's that's his whole persona as the demon. 
um, like, hey, um, like, I, do you think it was this guy? Of course it was this guy. He nearly ripped my arm off. Like, yeah, it was this guy. Like, Gene, listen. Um, anyway, so then he, uh, hold on. Let me, let me go talk to the security guards. And so he's talking to him. And then Paul uses his super hearing to eavesdrop across, across the pool. Uh, it's like, hey, um, it, this, this investigation is a stroke, man. Which just feels like a really weird investigation's a stroke, man. He, um, uh, he, he's 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 afraid we're gonna walk if he tries if he tries anything, um, and that's it. Like he comes over, like uh, we've decided to let you like, please no more no more problems. Uh, we'll we'll start the investigation after the concert's over. All this kind of stuff, right? Done. Kiss in concert night two. Okay. Um. This is given the full day for Abner to perfect a ray gun that will counteract the force field given off by the talisman. And he's going to send um, Sam to go and... Sorry. Listen. Uh... I found with my notes on it just was like, this movie's too bonkers. I can't. Um, he's going to send Sam out to try and procure the talisman again while... No, did they put it in a safe? No. Did they, they, they? Here's the thing. They could have done this because otherwise this other scene doesn't make any sense. They could have said, Park Security, will you please take hold of our talisman and put them in your vault? Right? They could have done that. But they didn't do that. However, they probably should have if they were going to include this next scene, which is the security guards sitting in their security guard trailer. Um, and then gas gets pumped into the security guard trailer. And two guys in red coats outfits, like British soldiers from 1776, who are animatronic guys, walk in and kidnap the two security guards, drag them out of the trailer. You might ask, to make them into automatons too? Nope. Nope. We just see them the next morning like they're fine. Like, I, I, I when the first time I watched this movie, because yes, I watched it twice. The first time I watched this movie, I, I was like, oh, this must be where they were keeping the talisman. And when Sam comes in later, they got rid of the security guards so they couldn't stop him. No, he just goes back to their hotel room or wherever they were staying to get the talisman. There's no reason for them to ever, ever have an attacked the security guards with gas, much alone dragged them out of the place to then do nothing with them because they just show up like regular security guards the next morning. Was there a, is there a deleted scene where they wake up naked in the woods? Like, so what, what happened? So, so weird. Um, and there's also, like, no evidence to suggest these animatronics are, like, unbeatable or resistant mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. guns or... Mm-hmm. Like, there's... Not They're just animatronic. There's no way. There's no. Mm-hmm. I can't unplug them. There's no like. There's no justification to to suggest there's like that they're invincible in any way. Right. It's so weird. Right. They just um, grab people. So, um, he goes and gets the Sam goes and retrieves the talisman by using the electro ray gun on it to. Stop them from using their force fields, but not stop 
them from having superpowers, crucially, because after the second night of the concert, they they go into the park and are weirded out when like all the park rides start riding by themselves because Abner can control them with a with a with a device, but he doesn't do anything. It's not like one of the one of the guys gets trapped in the Ferris wheel and he makes it go around and around and around really fast. It's not like another guy is in that little thing like where you stand up against the wall and it spins a centrifugal yeah, force like keeps you against it. Yeah. It's not like that or or another guy's in the roller coaster and he's making it go way faster than normal. They're all sitting on the merry-go-round, which is moving at a normal rate of speed. So he's he I guess is he intimidating them by having all the other rides go while they're watching go wow this is weird man yeah this cat we got to find this cat which I don't know um it's so then very they, they, he we also have seen him working on the circuitry of weird white cat ape automatons earlier and then they uh Kiss walks into the middle of one of those giant roller coasters things with all the with all the wood pilings everywhere that they, they built out of it. Crucially, the interior of all of that, all the all the white, all the all the wood stuff is all painted white, right? An army of white cat ape automatons are climbing on the all over the roller coaster but because they are white and the roller coaster is white i can't see any of them no i i i slow it down and you, you can occasionally see one of them walking around there's at least 12 of them up there but you can't we are see them with like a naked eye late 70s early 80s right clarity of a camera too like it's not it's not Um, good you could have you could have literally made them any color like this is a very a very trippy type um movie you could have made them all they could have all but like rainbow colors one's green one's purple one's blue like uh, all that but no you made them all white walk climbing around a white thing and then they jump off and have a fight with kiss like a full fist fight kung fu match, but they're all using Kiss is all using magical powers as well to fight them off. Of course, um, and because also they're inside the middle of the roller coaster, all the background is all white, so you really can't see any of the things they're fighting. I just <laughs> it's so like bad. such a bad. I remember because I'm such a baseball nerd. I was like, this sounds like when baseball players complain. At like the Tampa Rays stadium, that the ball disappears mm-hmm. into the roof because it was white. I'm like, they could have made the roof any other color. This is that. It's like the mm-hmm. same thing where everything is just like indistinguishably white. Right. So they are able to defeat all the army of cat apes, and then they somehow wind up inside like a hall of mirrors type thing. With a bunch of samurai and ninjas automatons, and they they fight them off for a while using like 
acrobatics and and again more magical powers but I, if you if 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 Abner kit like stole the talisman and and can use the um the thing to like stop their power like if they if the talisman are what give them the superpowers just use your little ray to like take that away and then they they have no superpowers which is weird um i guess what they're saying maybe is like they're not using magic but they can just do kung fu like they're normal human so. beings who are really good at kung fu i suppose kung fu, yeah no but they do use magical powers because once they're surrounded by the samurai Ace freely like clinks his little wristlets together, and there's an explosion of sparks, and they disappear. So the magic powers are still there, um, and they're also just like generically magic powers. Like it's kind of funny. It's not like one of them right. has one power really. Like it's just it's just magic powers. So they're also trying to track down Sam. On behalf of Melissa, because they're very helpful. They're a very helpful mystical rock band. And so uh, Sam takes them, uh, like, is leading them into a trap. And I love that, like, he's like, hey, man, what's this guy's trip? And uh, and Gene Simmons goes, his trip is a trap. Which I, <laughs> which I thought was actually the most clever line of dialogue in the entire thing. Um, but he leads them into the Chamber of Horrors. Where there's another extended fist fight scene between the members of KISS and a bunch of animatronic monsters. Eventually, though, now they are fully uh, unable to repel the advancing army of monsters. Um, and uh, they are taken prisoner and they are put into a, uh, uh, a cell with electric bars. Uh, and they're um, the tal- talisman are over here. This is where, of course, Professor Devereaux um, reveals his plan. He brings out the Kiss automatons. And it's like they will take your place and and have the concert tonight. Ah, man, everyone's gonna know it ain't us. No, I assure you, these are perfectly crafted. Every, every they'll fool everyone. Um, but uh, what about our music? They can't play like us. Uh, but everything has been ever been taken care of. Uh, some of your lyrics will maybe be changed, um, and so um, they put Imposter Kiss on stage in front of the. This is the third night of the concert to play for the fans. Um, uh, the, uh, Armageddon is coming to this park tonight. We will incite a riot, and you will be to blame. Rock and roll music will die. Um, and uh, and here's a front row seat, and he and he turns around his little viewfinder, so like all the all the all the TVs are pointed at the cage, and then he leaves. He just walks away. He's not there. There's no security. He's just there, and it's like um, we need to get out of this cage so we can stop this from happening. Um, let's use our magical powers to 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 get the talisman. And nope, this they, is the line. Ready. Yeah. I'll bend these beams with my mind. You mean our mind? <laughs> That's right. That was my favorite line of dialogue yeah, in good. the movie. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Especially um, knowing that the band wasn't really even on speaking terms at this yeah. point. Like, 
my god you mean our mind is just god bless god mm. bless so good um they uh they actually all well peter chris does this um gene simmons does this and paul stanley does this and ace freely does this ace freely is not helping at all and he was the one who said we'll bend the bars with our with my mind and when nick says our mind will fine then i'm not gonna play like i don't know what he's doing but he's not helping and they they use the force to like levitate the little thing of talismans into the you have the magic required to levitate a box of talismans in it across a room inside an electrical bar cage can't emphasize it up to like the the red box with Mm -hmm. the obvious strings was so Mm -hmm. good yeah so good the strings are so so obvious yes my god um and but you 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 have the magical powers required to do that but not the magical powers required to to break break out out of it you have to get the magical talismans to you so that then you can use their extra power to break out i should say also we never actually see the break out of the electrical bars we see them get the thing to them. They open up the, the thing. They look at the talismans, and the next scene, they're flying over the concert. That like is that's that's what happened. Um, and like so. mad scientists, not even like handcuffing anybody. Like just no, no. effort. No effort. Kind of got what he was. He deserved. Honestly, here's the thing. Um, we'll talk about what he got, which makes no sense. Um, so. The entirety of this thing, while they're in there, like, we got to stop this. This is um, a kiss, and the evil kiss, animatronic kiss, of course, also played by the real kiss, um, singing a song that I was not familiar with. The song they are singing is Rip and Destroy. But I swear to God, not knowing it, having no subtitles available on Vimeo, I swear to God, it sounded like they were singing rape, 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 rape and destroy. I was like, okay, now this has gotten entirely out of hand. Destroying the theme start park is one thing, but I could not condone rape. That is no. never okay. And so no. I had to Google kiss, rape and destroy. And the first thing came up was kiss, rip and destroy. I was like, oh, oh, ripping. Totally different better. thing than raping. That's much a better. much better thing than raping. Um, but... Sorry, my bad for. <laughs> I sw- I swear, if you if you watch Gene Simmons' lips moving during that song, it does not look like Rip. Um, so uh, anyway, th- the entire audience is yelling out "Rip and Destroy" over and over again. Again, this movie's conceit is that if Kiss played a song rip and destroy and you were in the audience you would rip and destroy because you're stupid right they there's there's not like like oh it was evil kiss like i guess like the idea is like so uh rock and roll all night and party every day the reason you're doing said rock and rolling and said partying at those different intervals of time is because 
Kiss has told you to. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. That makes. Right. I it's, guess that makes some sense. The blind loyalty to Kiss, mm-hmm. um, and the evil nature of rock and roll is mm-hmm. just a hell of a combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's also kind. Of, it seems to be like that's actually what they're saying without without a hint of irony or like no rock and roll is bad for you and you are stupid for doing whatever kiss tells you to devil's music (laughs) um so uh real kiss flies in literally flies in shooting laser beams out of their fists lands on the stage and has a fist fight with android kiss yes um, and uses their magical powers to destroy Android Kiss, and then plays rock and roll all night and party every day. Mm-hmm. And the crowd's like, "Yeah, I'm so glad I bought tickets to this concert." <laughs> this is so funny that like I guess they, were, they like, all behaving... just thought it was a part of the spectacle. Exactly, it's just a part of the show, guys. Of course. Um, and so. That being over, we cut back to now Devereaux's lab and Melissa saying, what has Sam ever done to you? Just release him. Mr. Devereaux, I know you've got a heart in there somewhere. Please give me back my Sam. Uh, uh, and then um, like, like, he can't hear you. Something like that, whatever. Um, and uh, Sam is standing there, but he's, he's just completely won't, he doesn't look at anything. Um, and then Paul Stanley just walks up to him with no impetus whatsoever, looks at him, and the camera focuses on this like little, weird little microchip node yeah. paperclip thing on his neck. And then does Paul Stanley pick it up with his hands, take it off, and throw it away? No. He uses his eye bolt laser beams to blow it up. It, it explodes on his neck. And, and then Sam's like, oh, Oh, Melissa, hello. And he gives her a big hug. Um, so Sam is back to normal. Melissa has her has her boy. Uh Kiss has defeated the, the Kiss Demons. Um uh the Devereaux's Devereaux uh he's he we can't hear you. Uh but some something, something. He's gotten he uh, he some he got his just desserts or whatever, right? And this is what they We've seen him, like, the back of his chair. We haven't seen him. We see the back of his chair and Melissa looking at the camera. And then someone spins the chair around to face the camera. He's got really long white hair and a bunch of wrinkles. And he's just staring into the middle distance. And my question is, what? Because I don't... <laughs> well, he, he was in complete control, left Kiss in the electrified cage, and walked away... And we never saw anything happen to him. Like we didn't. See, no, nobody sent down like kiss laser beams to fry his brain and his whiten his hair. That never happened. So, so he. Part of why you're confused uh, is because in that interview with Gene and Paul, they said they don't they don't know why that <laughs> happened, which was amazing. Amazing. They said, we still don't know why he turned around in his chair and just, they have no idea. <laughs> Which is just, hearing them, um, Great. and it's funny, right? Like, this is decades old now and they were talking about it. Hearing them trying not to 
it, it was a fun interview because they're extremely thankful for everything they have. It seemed like, like they're very aware of, um, like that they even got to do like a kiss the movie and, and that their success has been so great, but they are so aware that this is a terrible movie and it's almost, um, the tone of them in this interview was like, I don't feel like you should think this is good. Like they were so uh, apologetic that people had to be subjected to it and that they shouldn't like it. Like it was just very, very, very funny to hear people who created something not even be like, eh, it's not very good. They were like, I'm concerned if you think this is a good thing. It was just, it's very funny. But when yeah. they just full on acknowledged, like we don't know what essentially the end of the movie is that we were in, that our name is on. Um, just, just beautiful, just right. beautiful stuff. So that is the end of the film. Um, here, here is, here's where, um, there's a few things that, that, I, that my takeaways. So this was obviously set up to be something like, um, the, those, the Beatles movies, hard days, night and help where like the band is involved in a bunch of shenanigans, but because it was also like on the heels of Star Wars, we have to make it like supernatural and spacey because that's what's in. So like they they tried to like combine Hard Day's Night and Star Wars. Like that's actually that's, what I'm they set out kidding. to do. I'm not kidding. That's literally what Gene Simmons says in the interview yeah. I watched. Yeah, yeah. That it was Hard Day's Night and Star Wars combo. Very well done. Yeah, it's, well, that that but that is. That's what it is. Like it's that is. But Hard Day's Night and Help work because the Beatles aren't, they don't have superpowers. If the Beatles had superpowers in those movies, it would be really stupid and dumb. But they work because it's just them like existing. If they get into shenanigans, sure. But like it's just them existing as, as human beings. Um, and, and that's well, why. Well, there's weird. not gaping plot holes in it. That's also true. <laughs> it's very also true. Um, but the other thing is that. Um, like looking at the catalog of Kiss songs, it makes no sense that they were dressed up like that. Like if if all of their stuff was basically like um, David Bowie's Space Oddity sure. or something, like then it would make sense. But all their stuff is like they call me Doctor Love. Like that's not at all what. Like you're not you're not space creatures. You're, you're sex-crazed rock and rollers, which is totally fine. That's what rock and rollers are supposed to be. But if you say, we're, 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 we're supernatural beings from a distant world, you kind of have to tailor your music to that. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense, which is why every time I find out that Kiss did a song, I'm like, um, no, because that doesn't make any sense. I had no idea... The, the 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 big fight scene in the white roller coaster with the white kitten apes is set to kiss doing I'm back back in the New York groove. That was kiss this whole time. Every time that comes on the radio, that was that's been kissed the whole time. Are you kidding me? I found that out yesterday. I'm 43 years old. I have heard that song at least 10 times a year for the last 30 years. <laughs> I had no idea that was Kiss. That's that is the most incongruent song to artist that I think I've ever heard. 
That is I want to say that was also, I think that might have been a solo thing. Um, that was, I feel like that might have just been Gene Simmons or something. But yes, it is them. The, the mystery with me with Kiss has always been, I felt like their less gimmicky music was when they had the face paint on and then they took the face paint off and it got like way more gimmicky. It was, it is weird that you had people with the face paint on doing like, I like cold gin is one of my favorite rock songs ever. Um, and that's off of dynasty. And it's, it's so, um, the more pure rock and roll stuff was when they had the face paint on it. The more kitschy stuff was when they took it off. It's such a weird juxtaposition. But they also have always had this idea of these characters and they kind of in Kiss lore like have their own almost origin story and they could have done an origin story movie here and just didn't just didn't. when last week we said you have Gene Simmons and this is the movie you create my reaction with this was you have all of Kiss and this is the movie you create you don't even put a minute until the first half hour is over it was such a weird thing yeah the most, yeah. I mean, inarguably, I feel like the most commercial band of all time in a movie, and this was the movie they made, is such a funny thing, man. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it is, is, is entirely bizarre. Um, they got some bangers, it, though. They and, and, and needs to be seen to be believed. Like, yeah. there's no way we can do justice to it, to, no. to, to, to the, to the badness of like of how how poorly made the film is um and also just the absolute sheer bonkersness of it yeah like just the like, way that just, they put it all just, together it doesn't make any sense we can tell you kiss was flying through the air you need to see kiss flying through the air you know what i mean you really you really do you really really do and like i feel like you you got to keep the flick cuz you got to see it yeah, no. Um, expect, I would say keep the flick only for this. You can you can dial it up on your any of any of on your uh, on your computer right now when you're finished watching this, and you can watch it. Just here's what I did. I just googled "Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park," and up came the actual full movie on Vimeo for free. Uh, so yeah, I, I I if you can get that that easily. Like sometimes it's hard for me to recommend you watch a movie if it's like hard to come by or you've got to pay money for it. I recommend this simply because it is so easy to come by and you got just honestly the, the little uh, scroll bar on the bottom. Just pick something somewhere like in the last third of the movie and just click to it. You will not be disappointed with how bonkers it is. You say the last sort of the movie, and that's true because it does go so bonkers there. But I'm telling you, at 16:59, you've got an animatronic <laughs> barbershop singing at you. The whole thing's a wild ride. But also, I mean, like the last this is third a of really the movie fun... is almost an entirely extended fight scene between Kiss and an army of kitten monkeys, some samurai, um, like the a house of horrors, like Frankenstein, Dracula, and Wolfman, and then themselves. Like it's this just a straight up sketch from SNL that we've referenced before. Of like this movie has everything: Kiss yep. doing kung fu, like <laughs> and like ambiguous superpowers are the best. Yeah. Like, um, just that sometimes they're just good at kung fu, and then sometimes they have power. Like it's just hilarious. If you if you're signing up for what you're signing up for and you know about it you absolutely have to watch this i feel like super fun to watch with a bunch of friends if you're just like oh my god yeah if if you're just looking for something so silly 
Um, keeping the flick in for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Bananas movie, not a very good movie, but no. like, but a, a movie you gotta see. A movie you gotta see. Yeah, it's especially if 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 you like Kiss at all. But did oh like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm like, yeah, Kiss, Kiss is fine. It's got some good, got some good music. And like, hey, you know what? Absolute top showman, like 100%. Was not aware this movie existed until like five days ago. If you're in that boat, you gotta see it. Yeah. And it's so, um, Kiss has done so much and they're so like, it seems like they're really ashamed of this, which I think is amazing and hilarious. Like I'm that, telling they, you, I'll send you that interview. It's only like three no. minutes long. Yeah, uh, and I, I believe I've I believe I've read the transcript, but not actually seen the interview. Oh, it's you have to see the tone of how sad they are about the fact that they made they they are upset they insulted their fans with this. Like it's really really funny, and they did like a, a kiss anthology thing, and they had to put this in it because it's something that they did. But they're like, this is not the creme de la creme of our collection of things. Like, they're so, um, so not proud of what they did. (laughs) I mean, listen, of all the things that they've done, there's plenty to be ashamed of. The fact that this is the only thing they are ashamed of. Impressive. It's, it's, it's definitely impressive. That's definitely reason to keep, keep it in. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for this. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, again, it is out there. It is on Vimeo. It you is out watch there in it. so many ways, and we're not just saying distribution wise. <laughs> but you true. can't go to you yeah. can't go to Vimeo for it. It's very very easy to get a hold of. Uh, I would say watch it this weekend. It is it is it is nuts. Uh, not good. It's not no. good. But it is Crazy. nuts. Um, so yes, uh, please uh, have have fun if you choose to watch it. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your loved ones. <laughs> watch it with um, your loved ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> watch it together for moral support, I would say. Um, everybody, um, in, in, enjoy your time with this. And uh, it, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to review. But we will tell you whether or not it's good or bonkers. Or if we have to get it the flick out of here. Bye, everybody. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.